You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. I don't know what you came in here searching for this morning, but the name, the only name you need is Jesus. And I'm going to be talking about that name today, but it's the name that we use and misuse so commonly. It's the name that we take in vain. We're in the study of the Ten Commandments, and you heard me say that a lot of people think they're outdated. The problem is we've never caught up to them, and we need to understand that this morning. So we're going to look at verse 7, begin verse 7 of uh, chapter 20, and this is what it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. In 1932, Walt Disney, ever heard of him? How much money have we spent at Disney World, amen? In in 1932, Walt Disney became alarmed when news spread about the kidnapping of Charles Lindbergh's son. Some of you remember that. Walt Disney made the decision as a precautionary move to shield his two daughters, Diane and Sharon. He would very seldom let them go out in public. He refused. He would not allow photographers to even take their picture. He was a little bit fearful and wanting to protect his family and protect his children. When Diane was six years old and one of the first days at school, at recess, some of the boys and girls gathered around her and said, is it true? Is it true that your daddy is Walt Disney? She goes home later that evening, and Walt walked in the door, and she, he sat down in his normal chair, and she climbed up in his lap, and she said, Daddy, you never told me you were Walt Disney. Now, I love the story because Diane and her sister were not fully aware of the influence of their name, of her father. And I think so often is the case for you and me as believers, as Christians. We call God our Father, and yet we fully don't grasp the influence and the power that that name has. For when he says move, things move. For when something is impossible, when he speaks, the impossible becomes possible. There is something that is incredibly powerful and influential about our Father's name. Now, God reveals himself, his name throughout the Bible. In fact, it's very key and very important because in Bible times, your name represented more than just your name. It represented your character Your name revealed everything about you. So when Moses was sent to God and asked God, what do I say? What do I tell them? I mean, who is sending me? He said, tell them Yahweh. I am that I am. Later we read in scripture where God's name is Adonai, the Lord of Lords. El Shaddai, God Almighty. God revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, and on and on. Now, why is God serious about his name? Listen to this. Because his name 
reveals the essence of who he is and his character. In Exodus chapter 20, in verse 7, again, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold guiltless who takes his name in vain. You see, this is the name that is above every other name. There are a couple of truths that I want to share this morning. And the first is the prevalent abuse of his name. It says here in Scripture that God thinks about the order of the commandments. And right here in commandment number three, God says, You are not to take my name in vain. Now, we're not to misuse the Lord's name. Well, what does that really mean, not to take his name in vain? What does that mean to misuse? To take the Lord's name in vain or misuse his name means to clothe yourself in his reputation in a hypocritical, hollow way. Let me give you a definition I found. To misuse and abuse the name of Jesus is this. When we use God's reputation to benefit ourselves at the expense of his glory. You see, one of the things we do when we're applying for a job is what? We ask someone who is influential, who has a good name, hey, can I use your name? If you're doing a resume, a letter of reference, can I use your name? We ask people to write letters. Or perhaps if we're looking for a promotion, or we're looking for going into a new job somewhere else, someone who has influence, we say to him, hey, can you put in a good word for me? Your name has influence. Your name has an element of power. So would you use your name for my benefit? But you see, we misuse the name of God. Here it is again. Because we take his name in vain. Where's that at? You got it? We take his name in vain when we use his name for our what? Benefit. Have we ever done that before? You see, we, we refuse to give him glory. Now think about that. Think about how we can get a job or we can get a promotion simply by using someone's name. We turn in a resume, like I said, or a letter of reference. And use their names. Often, they may not even call our reference. Why? Because just their name is on there. Think about the power of a simple human name and how much power and influence it has. Can you imagine the power? Can you imagine the power and the influence of God's name? And you and I open the door of abusing his name or misusing his name when we use it for our benefit and not for his glory. Now, I think that we misuse and abuse his name primarily in two ways. Two ways we misuse the name of God. One is through profanity. We misuse and abuse his name so commonly. Now, that word profanity, profane, actually comes from two Latin words, meaning outside of the temple. To profane something is to take that which is normally holy and treating it as commonplace. Listen, church, the name of the Lord is a holy name and a sacred name, and yet we make it common. We use it in a common way. Why do people do that? 
Why do people nearly every day just out and about or even on TV, we hear people profane the name of the Lord? We hear the name God, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Now, why do people do that? Well, they do that because the anxious believe that if you would give that name or call that name a name of power and influence, then that person or that spirit or that object would respond to you, would, would respond to that, and you actually receive power. So it's almost, it almost even carries the weight of that name. So what's interesting is it's always those names that have power or influence, right? You've never heard of anyone who hit their thumb accidentally with a hammer and they just shout out, LeBron James. In anger or frustration and pain, right? But Jesus, oh God, or GD, it's taken that which is holy, that which is used to be as a sacrament of sanctification and using it in a very common way. And we see it and we hear it. And the irony of that is that we have people today who are unbelievers, who are pagans, and they are told more about God, more about hell, more about Christ than maybe the average preacher at the expense of his glory. We use his name for our benefit, but not for his glory. So we misuse and abuse his name so often through profanity. Now, it may be that we read that third commandment. And perhaps you may have said to yourself, well, you know, I'm good on this one. You know, ever since I was a little boy, my mama and daddy taught me I'd respect to never, ever curse. I do not use the Lord's name in vain. Well, it's not just misusing his name through profanity, but we also, this is a big one, misuse his name through pretense. What do I mean? In other words, we misuse his name by pretending to love him more than we really do. Think about that. We misuse his name when we seek to impress other people with insincere spirituality. We see that on social media. One of the things that really gets on my nerves is when people go on Facebook and they will put a scripture or they will put a video or they will put some quote, or repost, they will repost something, and they're giving this impression that they're more spiritual than they really are. Because as a pastor, I know in reality, they haven't been in church, or any church, in months and months pre-COVID. They weren't in church. They've never served. When asked to serve, when asked to volunteer, they don't serve. They look for every opportunity not to, but there is this pretending to love God more than they really do. As church attendance numbers across the nation and online services become very convenient, and I'm talking to many online today, who doesn't love not getting ready in the morning or leaving their home? It's important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters so much. You can't serve from your sofa. You can't have community of faith on your sofa. 
You can't experience the power of a full room of believers worshiping together on your sofa. Christians aren't consumers either. We are contributors. We don't watch, we engage, we give, we sacrifice, we encourage. We do life together. The church needs you and you need the church. Wherever you are, find a local church where you and your family can be part of the community. Part of a community. And use your talents to advance the kingdom and reach others. To come alongside one another physically, not just through a screen. Now, you need to understand, while I'm very, very thankful for technology, especially back during COVID, to keep people connected, that, listen, and people that can't physically come to a church or need to be away, it's absolutely, though, not the same as being here in person. It never will be. Yes, church on the sofa is nice, but it'll never be the same as church in the sanctuary. Do you understand that this morning? So there is this pretending to love God more than you really do. You profane the name of the Lord. You abuse the name of the Lord. You misuse it. You abuse it. When you pretend to love him more than you do. When you tend to or pretend to obey him more than you really do. It's like when we come to church and we're singing, but in reality, we're just mouthing words. How can you just mouth words? Is it the name of Jesus? Wonderful. Is it the name of Jesus? Beautiful. I'm asking a question. Is it the name of Jesus? Beautiful. Amen? Why don't we treat it that way? Listen, it's like when we come to church and we're singing, but in reality we're just mouthing words. Because what we're really thinking are the things that we have to do this afternoon. We're making plans for this week, trying to figure it out. Or maybe even while you're sitting in church, how your fantasy football league team is going to do before the first game. So when you gather on a Sunday morning and you simply just give lip service, you misuse the name that is above every other name. You see, we have an entire generation of Christians who have their hands in religion, but their hearts are fully in the world and that is misusing and abusing the name again that is above every other name. It is pretending to love God more than you really do. It is pretending to obey God more than you really do. And we see that especially in social media. We see it in our context. We see it in our culture. Elton Trueblood made this statement long ago. He said, the third commandment does not Condemn those who fail to believe. It condemned those who believe and yet do nothing about it. So as we think today in our culture and in our world, this prevalent abuse of God's name, let me remind you that the very reason this command is here is because God takes his name seriously. But there's not only the prevalent abuse of God's name, but let's think for a moment about the proper use of his name. Let's think about how we are to use his name or what is the proper way to use it, okay? So let's think about in terms of our worship, first of all. You see, Jesus' strongest rebuke was not to the pagan unbelievers, but his strongest rebuke were to 
religious, the religious people who did not take God's name seriously. The Bible says in Matthew 15, beginning in verse 7, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men? And he called the people to him and said to them, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. What Jesus is saying, what Jesus is teaching, is that an empty, flippant faith is actually worse than no faith at all. It's better not to take God's name at all than to take it in vain. Because, see, when you use Jesus' name flippantly, when we're not meaning it, when we're just simply giving lip service, the Bible says this in Psalm 29, 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. You see, when you and I worship, and as we think about the use of his name, here we go, we are to worship him for who he is, not for what he can do for us. You heard me say last week, too many people worship creation instead of the creator. We're living in a time in which people gather and they feel obligated to go to church. And when they feel obligated to go, they worship for what God can do for them. Friend, listen to me. You and I should make worship a priority for who he is and for what he's already done. Listen, if God doesn't do another thing in Al's life for me, if God doesn't bless me anymore in my life, listen, he still deserves my worship. He adores, listen, he deserves my adoration. He deserves my praise for simply who he is as creator and redeemer for what he did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Do you agree with that? So we need to think about the proper use of his name in our worship, but also in our words. Words like Christ, heaven, hell, those are sacred words. Never trivialize God, his name. Don't give God a nickname. He is holy. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. Or do not use, oh my God, as a punctuation mark. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, I'll tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every single careless word they speak. For your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You see, a clean mouth results from a clean heart. Same chapter, Matthew 12, in the latter part of verse 34, it says this. Jesus says, for out of the abundance of the heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. Speaks. We speak what's in our heart. What's in our heart is going to come out. It's the way that is. In fact, it's impossible to control the tongue without first cleansing the heart. So how do we do this? Well, if you would say, well, I have, a great, I have great difficulty controlling what comes out of my mouth. Now, some of you have been told more than once that you have no filter. Okay? You know people like that. 
By the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there are things that you say on a regular basis that are unholy. They are unclean, and they, listen, and people misuse and and abuse the name that is above every other name. And you have taken that which is holy, and you've made it common. And you try to dismiss it. You say, well, that's just the way I am. Now, this may be the way your heart is. And maybe you would be honest enough and maybe surrendered enough to say, well, pastor, what can I do about that? Well, I'll tell you how that occurs and how that happens. It's about you surrendering to the lordship of God. It's about you surrendering and you surrendering again. Saying, God, I know that it is out of the overflow of my heart that my mouth speaks. I know that these words are a reflection of what's in here. So, God, I need you. I need you. I submit to you. I surrender my heart to you. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Lord, there are some things in my life. I'm holding on to bitterness. I'm holding on to anger. I hold resentment. God, I'm confessing that to you this morning, and I need you to bring healing. I need you to bring cleansing. I need you to make me new again so that my heart is good and clean, so that my heart produces the words that give you honor and glory. So we think about the proper use of his name in our worship, but even in our daily walk. Now, I know some of you are golfers, and I love golf. I've hated it lately. I've been trying to quit it for the last year because it's just not been fun. You know how you can, they say if golfers carried pistols in their golf bags, a lot of them wouldn't come home. You know, when you hit a bad shot. But you know, it's funny when I go out and play golf sometimes, and usually we have people that we know we're playing with, but sometimes when I go out of the state or you know, go somewhere on a golf trip, and it's just me and one other, they will pair us, especially if it's a good golf course because it's so busy, with two other people. And it's amazing how these other two people may be drinking and cursing like a sailor, and they just know me. My name is Al Elmore. But it's so funny about the fourth or fifth hole when my partner decides, hey, that's a good shot, Pastor Al. Isn't it amazing how fast they can clean up their language? Before the next hole. They don't even get anything out of the cooler to drink. Isn't it amazing? You ever seen anything like that? And immediately from that moment, they begin to apologize. Man, I'm so sorry for all that language I used. Blah, 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 blah. So the rest of the round, they have a clean mouth. And I didn't say it in these words. But what I want to say in these words were this. Why is it wrong for you to use those words in front of of a man when you use those words all the time in front of a holy God. Listen carefully. The God of the universe, the holy God, the Lord of lords, his presence is not just at the church house. But his presence also, men, is at the hunting club, at the ballpark, and at the golf course. See, The holy God is everywhere. We should never, ever abuse or misuse his name. That's what you call the vanity of hypocrisy. Especially when they apologize for the language and they tell me where they go to church. 
and they tell me the position they have in the church. Y'all catching on now? So often, we take his name, but we don't live a life that honors his name. When we say on our Twitter handle, our profile on social media, Christian, child of God, servant, slave, in it, the way we live does not honor the name that we claim. What about a cross? This is one of the things that deeply bothers me. It's when people wear a cross around their neck or they have a tattoo of a cross and yet they live like they have no idea of the sacrifice of what that cross means and what it represents, what it declares. You see, he speaks a lot in the Old and New Testament about the glory of his name. It's when we use his name for our benefit, and yet there's no glory. God is not only serious about his name, but he's serious about the glory of his name. So even as you live your life daily, as you make plans for today, as you make plans for this week, consider how this affects the glory of his name. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, when I was a junior and senior in high school, uh, you know, of course, I had my driver's license. And, you know, we really kind of had a curfew, you know, around midnight. Sometimes it may have been 11. But I was one of the, the good siblings, Okay. Because my daddy never had to whip us but one time for the, the thing we did. We never got whipped for the same thing twice because I was just smarter than that. And you understand, when I say whipping, I ain't talking about a little switch and spanking, right? But you understand that I would always call to let them know if I was going to be late or something. That's just who I was. And back then, you had to go to a pay phone or something. I know you don't even know what that is, some of you. Uh, and it was a pain to even have to do that. But, you know, because I, out of respect is why I did that. You see, I never broke that trust because what I understood in these terms of my parents, they had put their reputation in my hand. And I did not want to break their trust. I did not want that trust broken that they had in me because they had put their reputation in my hands. I used to tell my students when I was in student ministry all the time, we go out just like me and we're more concerned. We think, boy, if mom and daddy found out about this, I'd get in trouble. But you know what? If you'd be more concerned about what God knows, you'd never have to worry about what mom and dad knows. Does that make sense? In many ways, that's what it is to be a Christian, is that God has placed his reputation in your hands. But let me close this out. So how do you worship? And how do you speak? How do you live? In reality, what we need to do is, listen carefully, we need to be very sincere in our worship, and we need to be very selective in our words. Sincere in our worship, selective in our words, God takes very seriously His name. He commands, by the way, first, 
to gather in his name like we're doing this morning. And I know and I'm so grateful, again, because of technology, we're able to offer worship online. We have many members who have stayed home for their safety and health and their vulnerability. And I am grateful that people have been able to worship with it. And I'll tell you something else. Just like today, many of you, David, you know Tommy Hughes, opened doors all these years. He had to leave on medical disability. Y'all remember him coming here. He spoke twice. Seven-foot surgeries. He sent me a picture today of his amputation laid in the hospital bed. And I think about that. But he's gathering. He watches every Sunday. We got people in Indonesia. We went on our mission trip. They watch every Sunday. And that's understandable. But listen to me. This is what I want to say. I'm grateful that they're able to worship with us. But there's coming a time, if we're not already there, that we have to make a decision. Are we going to gather or not? Are we going to gather or not? Are we going to honor his name or are we not? Or are we going to look for excuses not to gather and not to serve and not to give and not to minister? Because what we need to consider above all it's his glory. And that the mission of this church is to take his name and make it famous for his glory. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? As Robin comes to lead us this morning, it's about you surrendering to the Lordship of God. It's about you surrendering and you do it again. Saying, God, I know that it's out of the overflow of my heart that my mouth speaks. And Lord, I know that these words are a reflection of what's in my heart. So God, I need you. I submit to you. I surrender my heart to you. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Lord, there's some things in my life. Lord, I've been holding on to bitterness. I've been holding on to anger and resentment. God, I'm confessing that to you and I need you to bring healing. I need you to bring cleansing. I need you to make me new again so that my heart is good and clean so that my heart produces the words that give honor and glory to you. Father, this morning, I know when you preach on such a hard subject, people don't want to come forward and act like they've ever taken your name in vain, but God, all of us are sinners. And all of us have misused and abused your name before in our life. And God, I ask that you forgive us of that. But this morning, God, if there's someone that just needs to come to this altar for whatever's going on in their life and just confess some things to you, God, I pray that they would do that today. Lord, if there's others here that they know you as Lord and Savior, but God, they've never followed in baptism, that God, they would have the faith of a little child like Malin Orndorff this morning. And God say, that's exactly what I need to do. And for others, God, if they're looking for a church home, or God, those who just don't know you as Lord and Savior, that the day would be the day that they would find salvation in you. Father, today, have your way in this invitation. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.